0: Yeah, there's a handwritten note with every single order, which has been something that people seem to really appreciate. Um, we can, you know, we can easily look back and um, it, we can tell if it's someone's first order or seventh order. And so, um, as people become, you know, that that that's ordered from us five or six or seven times, we can look back and see maybe like what stickers. Um, or if they've ever gotten a pair of laces, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy for us to toss in a couple extra things here and there to make sure people know we're paying attention.
1: That was Justin Fuller talking about the little things that sweeten the deal for Yokota customers. Another classic fly fishing founders episode today on the wet fly swing, fly fishing show.
0: Welcome to the wet fly swing, fly fishing show, where you discover tips, tricks and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more.
1: Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Did you know you can read the entire transcript for this episode? Um, So just in case uh, you can't listen to it, um, we're providing that now. And I mentioned this before, but we've got a new service um, that we've got going here, which is ma- going to make it pretty easy to do this. So um, you could check out uh, that in the show notes. Just click the link in the uh, in your app at the top. There'll be a show notes link, and that'll take you to uh, the blog post where you can grab uh, you can grab the entire transcript. Um, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Jason Fairman and Justin Fuller are here to share the Yukata Supply story and some products they provide. We find out why the guide laces are the thing to have, what their fly tin is all about, and the purple rain fly pattern. And uh, we'll cut in with a little purple rain uh, in the uh, show notes as well, just for those that uh, don't know uh, or know of prints or don't know of prints. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsors. TurtleBox is a new company I've been working with this year. They build an amazing portable speaker that is louder and more rugged than anything I've ever encountered. Unlike most other portable speakers out there, the TurtleBox was specifically built with a sportsman in mind. The quality of this speaker is truly unreal. I've talked with the guys at Turtle Box, Saw Dudes by the way. They love the outdoors and are all avid sportsmen. We all love to get outside and enjoy the peaceful nature of the river and woods, but who doesn't like some great music before or after an adventure? This is a product I can truly say does not disappoint. Go ahead and check the guys out at TurtleBoxAudio.com. So without further ado, here is Justin Fuller and Jason Fairman from YakotaSupply.com. How's it going, guys?
2: Good, good. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for making some time this morning for uh, for a good chat here. We're gonna we're gonna dig into some good stuff you have going, um, some of the products and you guys have a little a little variety of things i didn't even realize at the start about the you know the the fly selection stuff you have going and i kind of learned that in doing a little bit of research but um before we get into all that can you just talk about maybe how both of you guys first got into fly fishing and and maybe jason we can just start with you since uh, we first connected and, and we'll take it from there
2: sure well fly fishing came later in my in my fishing life if you will um I was taken fishing by my great grandfather, uh, real early on on a pier in New York city. And, um, he passed early on in my life, but I wound up inheriting all of his gear, which real heavy tackle, you know, fishing in, in Long Island sound and, uh, you know, in the waters there. But, uh, I've just always been infatuated with water. Uh, We moved out of the city later on when I was about seven and moved up to the Hudson Valley in New York, which is peppered with all sorts of glacial lakes and creeks and streams. And we lived in an area where um, I was always in and out of water searching, finding salamanders, frogs, minnows, and just always had a fishing rod with me wherever I went. And um, it probably wasn't until I was in my mid-teens where I wound up buying a fly rod and like a hula popper set and learned how to tie bass flies mm-hmm. and, you know, experimented fishing or fly fishing with, you know, for panfish. Um, it didn't really last all that long, I'll be honest with you. But um, I moved out to Colorado when I was 21 and immediately bought a fly rod. And I've never looked back since then. <laughs> what, what, uh, and
1: why Colorado? What, what got you out there?
2: <laughs> I, um, I had a girlfriend who was going to school here at CU Boulder, and yep. it was just time for a change. And, uh, her brother lived in Breckenridge, she lived in Boulder, and I came out and split time between both locations and found myself, you know, doing a decent amount of fishing, doing a decent amount of skiing and, uh, doing a, a fair amount of travel around the state and just really enjoyed traveling and, uh, being able to get into the water and kind of get lost.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm sure we'll, and we'll put, make the connection here a little bit, but, um, yeah, Justin, maybe you can talk about how you, how you got into fly fishing and then take us to, you know, how you found yourself in Colorado.
0: Yeah. I have a, sort of a similar story, although, um, I'm the Texan to Jason's New Yorker, so I grew up in, in North Texas. Um had a great uncle um who had a small cabin on a lake and kind of kind of a similar story, put a fishing rod in my hand when I was a kid. Um, grew up fishing for bass with a spin rod, didn't touch a fly rod until I got to Colorado. Um in high school I had some friends that lived on this sort of um wasn't a pond, it wasn't a lake, but it was it was a cool piece of water um, that had a bunch of terrain and topography, and so just spent days and days out there um, in high school, sort of learning how to fish different kinds of water. You could get around the whole lake in you know an hour or two, but um, you know there were deep channels. There was a dam. There was uh, some shallow water with reeds and docks and stuff. So just a really fun place to fish. And um, I moved to Colorado um, after college um a little bit you know later than Jason did but we've been here for about the same amount of time and um fly fishing was something that I had on my sort of bucket list but it took me a little bit longer to come around to it but um a good friend of mine who's now a mutual friend of both of ours um that'll kind of come into into play later when we kind of tell how we met owns a fly shop here in Boulder and um he took me on my first day fishing um on a float trip down to Colorado and um, didn't take long after that before <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to do with my, my spare time. So
1: there you go. There you go. So, so basically there's a fly shop connection, which is great, which is, uh, I'm sure a cool story. So, so you guys are there and then, so what is the, how is that story? And what was the name of the fly shop? Is it still, still going there?
0: Yeah, it's Rocky Mountain Anglers here in Boulder. Um, it's owned by a guy named Randy Hicks, who, like I said, is a, a good longtime friend of mine and Jason's, um, and he's just known as a guy who you know kind of connects people um and is really welcoming to beginners has been for a long time i think that's you know becoming more of a trend now but randy's always been somebody who you know brings beginners in and um and kind of shows them shows them the ropes um it's it's not a very intimidating place to walk into so um yeah jason and i met on a on a trip to wyoming um uh up to the north flat and um randy randy brings a group of people up there and and he just kind of puts together these groups of people that he thinks um, might enjoy spending a few days together so Hmm. we spent you know um probably a total of 15 hours in the car together and three or four days fishing and it was a great trip and that was kind of the beginning of our friendship
1: nice that's cool so so randy uh, so the fly shop owner randy he so basically he put this trip together with just a bunch of kind of random guys he knew he was kind of the connector and then said, I, th- I think these guys would have a good time and you guys all went out there and just kind of did went fishing right? Is that basically how it happened?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. He you know, he does these fish alongs uh, not necessarily for the same time frame, they're mostly day trips, but on this particular occasion, you know, we went up to Wyoming and uh, like Justin said, we spent a bunch of time in the car, we spent a bunch of time on the water. And, uh, you know, we stayed in the same room together. So invariably, we just uh, wound up talking about a lot of things. Um, And when we came back from that trip, we continued to fish together. We continued to talk together and we continued to do things. And I think it was probably somewhere around nine months, 12 months later on a trip that Justin and I went on where we started expressing some ideas for innovations or products that we had in mind. And I, I definitely remember the day pretty viscerally, you know, we we were on this drive to this pretty incredible place. And there was just this moment where we had kind of opened ourselves up to one another talking about these different ideas that we've been kind of holding on to. And I, I just remember like, looking at him. And I don't know necessarily know if he kind of registered the same thing. But it was like, do we want to like start something? Do we want to kind of do something? It was almost unspoken, but invariably that's what wound up happening.
1: Yeah. Nice. So that was it. So basically Yokota kind of began there. And then, so how long until you guys had your first product out after that, you know, that period?
0: Uh, Nine months or so. Is that right, Justin? Yeah, that sounds about right. We had, um, kind of had, had an idea for, uh, a bag, you know, um, something that you can kind of stuff all your gear into, keep in your garage, um, throw in your buddy's truck, uh, go to the water, you know, keep your stuff separate from everyone else's, keep it, you know, keep your car from becoming a mess. Um, and then, you know, haul it out of the truck, put it back in the garage and wait till next time. Um, and you know, we're, we're not product designers, um, by training, um, by any means. So it was, a uh, definitely trial and error kind of, um, wrapping our heads around what it would take to even make a, you know, what turns out to be a really simple product. Um, but kind of laid the groundwork for the way we approach, you know, all the new products, um, that we, that we come out with at this point.
1: Nice. So I guess we're at, you know, I guess we're at product time, you know, talking about product. I love digging into the products because I've done a little bit of product design and I know the challenges of it, you know what I mean? And and you guys have, I mean, maybe let's talk about that. So you got this bag and you got a number of different products, but so what is this bag? Is it, um, I mean, essentially it's throw all your gear in, which is is great, right? You got to have something to throw all your stuff. Is this like waiter bag, throw all your wet stuff together, or is this more like um, a little
2: more organized than that? It's a big you know, substantial, high-quality, durable carry-all. Um, we've, you know, through the course of creating other products, we've kind of fallen into this place, whether it be accidental or not, where everything that we create is utilitarian and that anyone can use it for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we've chosen to create a bag that we use for fly fishing, but that doesn't mean someone can't use it for skiing or mountain biking or anything else. And, uh, you know, it has a removable changing pad. It's our flagship product, the Yakota Gear Transport, otherwise known as the Drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fantastic way to, you know, put your boots, waiters, beer, food, layers, uh, your hip pack, and anything else that you need in it. You know, in Colorado, we deal with a lot more um changing weather than than most other states. So we always have the need or, you know, to, to be fully prepared for any sort of weather condition. And that's um, a perfect vehicle for moving our gear from place to place. You know, when things are wet, um, what's nice about it not having a zipper or having a closure on it is that, you know, those items are still able to breathe. So if you forget about it in your car, which, you know, you get home from a, a long day of fishing, mm-hmm. you're exhausted, the last thing you want to do is like hang your boots and waders up. But uh, but if you forget about it, you know, things aren't going to mold overnight like they would in a completely closed bag with a zipper. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. So so it has no zipper. So and how so it basically it it closes by or how does that how does that work? Explain that a little bit.
2: There's a handle system. It has a cinching handle. It's stitched at different endpoints. And when you pull on the handles, it basically cinches itself up.
1: Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So but it w- it would be one of those things where you wouldn't want to just like huck it around in the back of a a pickup or a boat or 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 could you do that without stuff? Oh, it right? definitely does.
2: Just fine in the back of a pickup. Okay. Yeah, you know, in a boat, you know, obviously you can get water in it, but if you were to roll the top over, um the material that we use is called X-back and it's fully waterproof. Um and, you know, your your items would be kept dry, you know, they'd be protected in there. Gotcha.
1: Okay. And I guess maybe before we get too far into the, you know, the product stuff, because I know there's a few other things I wanted to touch on here, uh, maybe just for somebody who, you know, people listening that haven't heard of you guys before, maybe you can just give us a little bit of a, like an elevator pitch of, of what, you know, when somebody asks you what Yakoda is, you know, what do you
0: tell them? A lot of people want to know what the name means. Um, yeah. so it's a made up word. Um, you know, especially, especially these days, um, it's you know when you're starting a business one of the first things you have to do is decide um what you're going to call yourself and um we were you know we, we we knew that there was kind of a feeling that we wanted to go for um but you know um the, and there's a lot of vocabulary around fly fishing and most of it's been used and mm-hmm. a lot of it's trademarked and um some of it's a little cliche and 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 uh, obvious and there's just so many there's so many fly shops and things like that and outfitters um a lot of the names are, you know, taken, and there's a lot of great names out there um, that people have been using for a long time. So, um, I have a little bit of background in in product naming and and uh, branding, and so, you know, we kind of went through some exercises where we looked at some words that we liked, and um, essentially we we arrived at at sort of a, a sound um, phonetically that we were into, and there's a little bit of you know there's a little bit of meaning for us that's kind of personal that's baked in, but at the end of the day, you know, um, uh, it started to, started to really sound like, a kind of like a place, you know, um, a pla- maybe a place on a map that you, you feel like you've seen before, or, um, to me, it kind of sounds like a place that I'd, you know, I'd like to go and fish. And so, um, it really is that, I mean, there's this place that Jason mentioned that, that, that we were, um, going to the day that we kind of decided to do this thing together. And, Um, it's a really, you know, it's a special spot. It's not too far away from here where we live, but it's a place that not very many people know about. Um, it's a really wild place, you know, um, four or five miles in four or five miles out from the car, um, rattlesnakes and bears and uh, mountain lions and stuff. And, um, just, just one of those places that it's, it's, it's really crazy that more people don't know about it. And, um, you know, we're pretty tight lipped about it. Um you don't go there without somebody that you've been there with before and you don't take somebody there unless at least one of those other people are with you. You know what I mean? So for us, it's kind of like that place kind of embodies what, um, what Yokota is all about. Um, you know, I guess the, the, the hope is that everybody kind of has a place like that or finds a place like that. And, um, you know, when we're sitting at our desk at our day job, it's the kind of place that you can, uh, kind of daydream about, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I remember the first time I heard it, you know, that was the thing you, you hear it and you're like, well, I don't really know exactly what that means, but it sounds good. It kind of feels, I think you guys did well in that because it makes you, yeah, it kind of gets you thinking and then, and then takes you to a good place. So that's, the, and I love the way you're, you know, where you want to take people, obviously uh, with, with your gear. Um, so I guess, so, you know, we talked a little bit about the bag, um, you know, talk, talk about your other products. When somebody talks asks you guys about your products, what are the other things that, that come to mind first, you know, when you tell them what you guys have going?
2: Sure. Um, I mean, we're definitely known for our guide laces and our fly tins. And then in the last eight, nine months, we also came up um, with a relatively simple modular system, which incorporates our utility pouch, our utility wallet, and any of our tins. And, you know, we do a bunch of hiking, as Justin said. Um, Fly fishing gear is already heavy enough. And we just, because we keep the designs of our products simple, you know, this little modular system weighs next to nothing. But when we hike up to high country lakes in the summer or back to this special place, you know, during the other seasons, um, it's nice to be able to bring our little modular setup that, holds you know our tippet our our weight our indicators our flies and it's because of how we designed it you can literally attach it to anything or anywhere on your body and um you know there's a lot of great companies out there making beautiful gear but it seems like they've either lost focus on simplicity and have been more concerned with creating the the biggest or most um, feature rich products that they possibly can, that the space for creating simple products is basically untouched. And we just kind of found our niche being ourselves. We're not complicated people. And most people that fish aren't either. And it doesn't take huge innovations to make your day on the water better. It really comes down to organization, to be honest with you. And like our utility wallet is a perfect example of that. That's literally the simplest product that we make. But as the person who kind of thought about it for a while, because, you know, we switch the places that we fish pretty often in any given week, we could fish three or four different places. Um, And we always, I I mean, I say we, I mean, I have gotten to that place where I was jumping my tippet and my license and my weight and indicators from one setup to another. And invariably, I would always leave something behind. And we're like, there's got to be a way to create some sort of simple organizer that manages all this. And the, the utility wallet was born out of that. And what I love about the design is now I know exactly where all my stuff is every single time I'm going somewhere different. And I use that design exclusively for fly, sh- for fly fishing. But, you know, my daughter uses it to put her change and her money into. So it's like it just really talks Mm -hmm. to the utilitarian design in itself and how anyone can use our product for anything. Like we've got cyclists who put that utility wallet, you know, in their chest pocket when they're cycling because that waterproof membrane protects the things that they're carrying from the sweat on their bodies. So there's just a lot of different ways to use our stuff. And it's really only limited by the person's imagination who buys it.
1: Nice. Nice. And, and you mentioned also the, the guy, I was interested in that, that too, the the guide laces. So what are those that you, you see those and you think it's a shoelace, but is there something different about it that makes it a guide lace?
0: Um, there is, and it's, it's so simple that, um, it's, it's kind of, kind of silly. Um, I, I was on a trip up in Wyoming with a friend of ours. Um, uh, and, and we were fortunate to have met this guy who owns an outfitter up there. And, um, and we're staying at this, this really cool property and, um, and, and fishing with him each day. It was early in the season and he was just kind of throwing us in his truck and, you know, some of the spots that he takes his clients, it's sort of like a two hour radius, um, kind of around the Sheridan, Wyoming area. And, and he would, you know, he would take us to these spots and we really just check in the water to see if it was fishable. And he'd let us out of the truck to fish for 20 or 30 minutes and we'd hop back in and go somewhere else. So we got to see a lot of this um, area up there, which is incredible. I haven't been back since, but would love to get back up there. And, and this guy, you know, he'd been up there since he was in his early twenties. Um, and, and this was his life, you know, he, um, he guided in, in, uh, Wyoming in the summertime and, and all over the planet, you know, in other seasons. And, um, he happened to have, this was, this is maybe five years ago. He happened to have a pair of those, um, Patagonia Danner boots before they oh, yeah. came out. So he, Patagonia had sent him a pair to test and, um, and, uh, they caught my eye cause I'd heard about them and they just looked different than anything I'd ever seen. But what really caught my eye were these crazy, um, this guy was, you know, pretty, pretty conservative guy in, in terms of how he dressed and stuff. And he had these just crazy over the top laces in his boots. And, uh, and I was like, Clark, what's up, you know, what's up with those laces? Those obviously didn't come from Patagonia. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, disregard the color. My wife ordered the, the material. It's paracord. Um. But he's like, I'll tell you a little secret um, that'll you know, that'll kind of change change your life in terms of how often you have to change your laces and your wading boots. And um, I won't reveal it, although it's very you know, I think anybody could figure it out, especially if they bought a pair of laces and, and looked at them. But um, it's uh, it's just a variation on some paracord that um, one little trick. And he's like, you know, do this to do this to the to the material, and it'll uh, it'll last forever. So kind of filed that one away. And, um, you know, a few years later we were kind of kicking around ideas for, for products, because, you know, the bag, um, we kind of founded the business on the bag and it's not an expensive product in the sense of what you would spend on a, on a piece of luggage or, or a bag at a fly shop. Um, but you know, it's still, it's still a, a high ticket item.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. It's a couple, couple hundred bucks, right?
0: Yeah. It's $189 and, mm-hmm. um, it's a great value, you know, you could spend, um, there's, there's comparable products that essentially do the same thing, but because they have, you know, waterproof zippers and stuff, they're $400 products. So yeah. I think, you know, for, for what it does, it's a great value, but you know, in order to, to introduce people to Yakota um, without asking them to spend that kind of money, you know, we're always looking for, for products that are a little bit, um, a little bit easier for people to, to pull the trigger on. So that's where the laces came from. And it was just sort of, uh, like man, I remember, I remember this guy telling me this. I wonder if it's, you know, I wonder if it's true. So we bought some material, cut it up, kind of tested it. You know, it doesn't take long to figure out if, if, uh, your laces are going to blow out. I mean, I think the clock starts ticking on most of the stock laces the first time you step in the water. So especially in Colorado where it's hot, it's cold, um, you know, it's dry typically. So when you're storing your boots, they're in a really dry, you know, dry spot. So they go from being completely soaked to being, um, you know, bone dry and back. So, you know, typically a pair of laces here will last if you're fishing, let's say, you know, even 50 days a year, um, you might get through one season with a pair of laces and, you know, they usually don't break, um, when you're taking them off, you know, at the end of the day, um, they usually break when you're putting them on at the beginning of the day, (laughs) excuse me. And you don't have, you know, Most people don't carry an extra pair of laces with them or, you know, worse, you're uh, in the middle of the day and you're kind of going to cinch things back up and and you blow out a pair of laces, you know, a mile or two from the car. So, um, you know, we looked around, we realized that, yeah, you can buy the same pair of laces that you got when you, when you bought your boots, but, you know, you're just setting yourself up for the same situation. So we fish a lot. I've never changed the laces in my newest pair of boots. Um, they easily have, you know, 120 days on them. Uh, Jason's probably got more on his, uh, we have guides that are going through multiple pairs of boots with the same pair of laces. So again, just like a really kind of stupid, simple product that, um, you know, is a great value. It's a great product for us because it helps us introduce the brand to new customers. Um, it's, it's the most popular in terms of Volume. So, you know, a lot of people, that's the first product they buy. A lot of people are buying two or three pairs at a time. So I think we've successfully reminded people that it doesn't hurt to have an extra pair in your bag uh, or in your car, you know, just in case.
2: Most yeah, people, exactly. you know,
0: that fish a lot own more than one pair of boots. So, um, you know, on one hand, you're kind of setting yourself up when you make a product that lasts, uh, I would say that lasts forever, but that lasts for a really long time, you know. Um, yeah we're not expecting, we're hoping that people don't come back very often to buy laces from us unless <laughs> unless they want to change up the way their boots look or they got a new pair of boots, you know, so.
1: That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, I think it makes sense. I think you look at the, uh, you know, I, I always think of the products I've had that have lasted a long time. One good example I always love to think about is like the Thermarest, right? I've had this chair kit forever. And uh and I mean I have torn it up. Literally the, the chair kit just ripped off recently. I, I probably had it for 20, 30 years or something.
2: But is that I mean the thermos lounger.
1: Uh well this is old school. I got I got this like a 2000, in two like, thousand. Yeah, yeah, this is the this is the one where your Thermarest actually folds up into a like into a chair. It's got the stays on and then you you know it's I think it's different than what they have now, but yeah, but it has the, the cinch down straps and you yeah. put your your mattress in. I have the yeah, same exactly. one. It's
2: lasted for like twenty five years. Yeah, exactly. And, and the great too. thing
1: about and the great thing about that thing is is that even though I haven't bought a ThermaRest product in 20 years, um I've recommended ThermaRest you know me hundreds of times. So I mean the the traffic they've gotten from me just talking about how good they're, you know what I mean so I think that by far makes up for the person that doesn't buy multiple products, right? If you have a, a if you have a high quality product.
0: Absolutely. And I think if you use those laces for a year and you're like, "Man, these things are still going." You know, I think I think you're going to come back and and see what else is what's new. Exactly. You know? Exactly.
1: Um, so, the, yeah, the other thing I was thinking about, I was kind of looking through, you know, the uh, the Yakota green machine fly. I was going to touch base to hear, you know, because that kind of segues into the flies. And you guys, I didn't realize, you know, but you have the fly selection. Do you, can you talk a little bit about the tin and that whole thing you have going?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things, you know, been fishing long enough, been tying flies long enough that we've developed some patterns that have, just turned out to be incredibly productive. And, you know, whether it's fishing them here in our local creek, which is just minutes from our house, or fishing them, you know, hours away from our house, they, they work everywhere. And knowing um, that there's a lot of people that are intimidated by flies and fly selection and fly tying, we thought it would be cool to come out with you know, flies that we specifically endorse and specifically use, like we're used basically a dozen patterns year round, you know, always using the same stuff, you know, even on different waters. And we just kind of came to the conclusion that there's a lot of people that probably would appreciate us creating a curated selection of bugs that goes in one of our fly tins and that they might enjoy buying that and having basically, you know, people that know what they're doing on the water create selections for them that they can use on the water and hopefully have success with it. Um, There really wasn't much else other to you know, to it other than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think,
1: and I think I first saw that, uh, I think it was the Oregon uh, uh, fly uh, fly shop down in uh, Eugene. They were doing a little display of the tin talking about how it kind of, was that, was that, you guys know, did, uh, are you connected with those guys? Caddis Fly Shop?
2: Yeah, Caddis. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Chris is awesome. The owner over there, Chris Daughters, um, they've been, um, you know, they were one of the first shops to bring us on and they really love the simplicity and innovation and its simplistic nature of, of our products and have actually done some cool stuff where they've actually created some, you know, short videos showing our product and going through the features on them, which Probably doesn't take them that long because there's not a ton of features, but, mm-hmm. you know, at least they're informative and, and we need to do a better job of that ourselves, communicating um, design aspects to everyone, which is part of our plan in 2021.
1: Yeah, that's right. That So what is the, I mean, look, looking out as you guys look at where you're at and, and now, how long has it been? How many years have you guys been
2: going? We're just a little over three years since we launched. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So
1: you're still fairly, fairly young, I guess. I mean, what? Sure. Yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I'm just agreeing with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I, I agree. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, three years, it's like, I just, you know, think of as you look out, you know, again, these questions, I always think about these things, you know, what is the next, you know, five years or so look like? And, you know, as you guys plan for this, because you could go a lot of different directions, right? I mean, you could um, kind of stay where you're at or you could uh, keep adding people. And maybe this would be a good segue after you answer that question to talk about your other staff. But, yeah, where do you guys think you're headed?
0: I mean, I think Jason and I both see this as, you know, um, the next logical phase in our careers. Um, we're, you know, we're a few years older than the guys that we work with. Um, we're both pretty entrepreneurial. We have worked for ourselves for, you know, a long time. And um, taking some of that uh, knowledge, but also some of the, you know, frustration that comes along with that, um, And you know, when you're, you're working for yourself, um, it's great, but um, you're not always necessarily... Um, you know, doing exactly what you might want to be doing uh, with your day to day. And the last thing we want to do is take fly fishing and turn it into a job. Um, Yeah, But I think we see ourselves kind of transitioning into this full time. I mean, we both still have um, full time jobs. And so this is very much a side hustle. Um, And we're fortunate to have partnered up with, um, a couple of other people that are, um, really motivated, smart guys who are, um, good at things that we're not as good at, you know? So, um, we have, uh, a partner, uh, Rob Herman, who is a super talented photographer, um, works a lot in the outdoor industry. Um, and you know, that's obviously something that's super important. Um, for any brand these days is creating content that's, um, engaging and kind of tells the story visually. And, um, it's something that, you know, it's hard for a young company because it can be really expensive to create that type of content. Um, and for a long time, you know, Jason and I were kind of doing it ourselves and, um, shooting photos on our iPhone. And, and, uh, I think we were fortunate early on to connect with a lot of people, you know, on Instagram and stuff like that. But, um, Rob has just really opened up, um, you know, the possibilities with, with visual content. So, um, he's primarily focused on, on that piece of the business, um, photography and videography, um, and just content creation in general. And then, um, our other partner, Lincoln key, um, he was our intern actually. Yeah. He answered a a Craigslist ad, um, (laughs) kind of came on and, and helped with our early, um, email marketing and Facebook, you know, Facebook marketing, um, stuff, and then took a short hiatus and then came back and has really, you know, being a, being a company that primarily sells our products directly to our customers, you know, we're growing the wholesale side of the business and, and being in fly shops is super important to us. Cause I mean, it's where the community happens, like Jason mentioned earlier. Um, and, You know, we'd always rather that somebody go to their local fly shop and buy our products than buy it from us directly. But the reality is it's going to be a long time before we're, you know, we're in enough jobs where most people have have the opportunity to just um, go down the street and buy our products. So, um, you know, staying in front of people online, it's a a loud, busy place. And um, someone like Lincoln, I mean, I I don't know how you can run a business um, online these days without someone who, um, you know, really knows the ins and outs of that stuff. So... Um, and then everyone contributes, you know, um, in a lot of different ways, we're all wearing a lot of different hats because it's something that we each get to focus on, um, for a little bit less time than we'd like currently. So long-term, I think, um, you know, we'd like to be seeing each other every day. And, you know, we all know that if we had a chance to sit down and really focus on this thing, um, you know, for 30 or 40 hours a week that, um, you know, the sky's the limit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you brought these two, uh,
2: I guess Lincoln and Rob, uh, on within the last year or two. No, no. Rob's been, Rob's been working with us for about two and a half years. He reached out to us through Instagram, asked if he could photograph some of our product, complimented us on some of our designs, and he and I um, kind of forged a friendship. We started fishing together, and invariably, it led to a position with within Yukota where now he's an equity owner and part of, you know, part of the team. Um, And same thing for Lincoln, you know, when he came back after a brief hiatus, we recognized the value that he brought to the table and we offered him the same thing. So everyone's got ownership in the business, which really helps um, with kind of the self-motivation of being driven to create and, you know, drive success in their individual departments. Now, you know, we work together real closely as a Titan, team. We, we speak every day, we have meetings once a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're constantly reviewing, you know, and forecasting and planning out into the future, but everyone does a good job of just doing their own thing. And then when we come together, everything kind of, that's the glue is when we have those opportunities to, to, you know, all be on the call together or all, go fishing together or, you know, in COVID climate, that's certainly been, uh, happening a lot less, but we found ways to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Has the, uh, yeah, the COVID, I mean, I, I guess we're all
1: hopeful that uh, we're going to be pulling out of it, you know, uh, as we go out through this year. Um, but um, but yeah, do you guys see, I mean, how, how do you see that? Are you planning any, I, I've already noticed, you know, obviously trips and things like that, it's hard to plan, um, but, but what do you guys have, have on tap the next, say, nine months or so? Is, I mean, is it affecting your business currently?
2: It's helping our business, yeah. I'd say, because there's a lot of new people that are finding fly fishing. And because of how we create and price our products, you know, we're focused on being an inclusive company. Um, Not to say that a guide or professional can't use our products and absolutely improve their day on the water because we, we have that as well. But, you know, for, for beginners to come and spend, you know, uh, less money on gear. I think that that the barrier to entry with us as a company, is something that we've been focused on there's enough high-priced stuff out there and um you know whether it's through our digital marketing or through our content we've seen a lot of newer anglers come into the sport and they've gravitated to us i think more because of the simplicity and the way that we talk to them through our digital campaign and through our photographs
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad you said that i was going to ask you about that on the customer i mean this kind of goes back to just you know, business 101. But when you think about, you know, your target customer, I mean, obviously it sounds like you guys have a diverse, uh, you know, group of people that, you know, like your products, but who is that person when you think of that, that if you had this picture, who what's that picture look like in your head?
2: And like I said, man, it's, it's guides to beginners. It's everyone. Yeah, and it's that's everyone. What we think is super cool about our company is that there's something for everyone with what we design and what we make, you know, maybe, pros aren't into our flies because they have their own flies that they tie and that's great, you know, but they love our drifter. They love our laces. They love the wallet because it helps improve their day on the water. You know, we've got a couple of guides that are friends that, you know, Chelsea and John messenger who probably have a half a dozen of our drifter bags between them because they use them for all their clients and they absolutely love how much gear they can haul and Mm -hmm. actually knowing exactly where everything is, you know, when they're bringing clients to the water. How, how
1: much gear can you get? Let's, I mean, what do you think about that thing? Like how much, what could you put in there? Like how many pairs of waders could you stuff in that thing?
2: You can put a couple of kids in it. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that big? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 95 liters.
1: 90, now, what is that? I'm, I'm not good with the, so what is 95 liters? So like, like um, what would that be like gallon jugs? Say say gallon uh, jugs of uh, milk or water. 20? Oh, wow. Yeah, 20. Damn. Yeah,
0: I mean, my mother-in-law uses it to, um, you know, haul her groceries from her car into her house. So you can put like six or eight bags full of groceries in this Oh thing. man. Yeah. It's huge. This so, is awesome. Yeah. You know, you don't, if you just throw, if you just threw a pair of waiters in there, it would feel, it would, it would feel a little funky, but I mean, mine right now probably has, I mean, obviously it's got a pair of waiters, a pair of boots, um, probably a couple of like warm beers, um, yep. you know, four <laughs> or five different kinds of jackets, um, yeah. And, a, you know, a couple other smaller bags that I use to organize some stuff, um, that I may or may not need on any given day. So, um, a guide though would probably put, you know, three pairs of waiters and three pairs of boots in there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And on, and on the warm beers, are you guys more the type where you could drink a, a beer that's been sitting in the bag? Or does it have to be ice cold for you?
2: <laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah.
1: I know. I'm totally the way. I'll, I'll take, I'll pretty much, I like a nice cold beer, but I'll take whatever if I find a beer hidden in the, you know, back of the car. <laughs> oh. Now, I wanted to touch on the uh, Montana Flight Company because obviously they're a, they're a big name out there. Uh, before I get to that, I just had a question. I was, as I was kind of checking in on you guys and looking at some of your social stuff out there, I noticed... You know, you guys both have like a personal social profile, and I was looking at you know, Jason. You have a like it's almost all fish photos, and then Justin, for you, there's a lot of stuff on. I think years ago back, years goes back quite a ways, but a lot more kind of non fish stuff. And now, is that you know, what what does that saying something about you guys both, or is that just uh, just a difference of the way you use Instagram?
2: I think I started my Instagram account for fishing. Okay, and Justin has always been a designer, and he started before oh. Dakota it existed.
1: That's what it is, yeah. So I was looking at a lot of... And it's cool. I mean, they're both awesome. I mean, yours, yeah. Jason, yours is like a pro, like a, like a guide. And then uh, and Justin, yours has a lot of cool... It's actually cool, Justin, going back through yours because I get, that's the power of Instagram. You know, I don't know you. We've never talked before this. But going back through your feed and, I mean, just trying to get to know you a little bit. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, you got this kid who I know now is, I think, like 10 years old, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, you know, you got this... I, I mean I, I don't know for me I think people think social media there's a lot of bad stuff about it but for that I don't know that's kind of cool what, what's your take on that
0: yeah I mean that's kind of how I use it you know it's more personal I haven't I haven't used I, I look at it all the time um, and mostly mostly these days to keep up with what's going on um, with Yokota and fly fishing but um, yeah you know it's uh for me it's more about documenting, um, my time with my family and, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, occasionally, occasionally there's a fish photo that goes on there, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think it's great. I mean, um, I think Jason's account, you know, has been good for the business because, um, there's All right. great photography on there, you know, and it, it says a lot about, you know, I, I probably, um, was standing 10 feet away for a third or. Uh, a third yeah. You're in some of those standing. photos.
1: Yeah. Um, But, uh,
0: yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's cool when you have friends who, um, are great fishermen, but almost would rather put, put the rod down and pick up the camera. Um, you know, and it's definitely not all about the, um, you know, the fish photos for us. Um, I, I, I hope that comes through on, on the business side of things, you know, it's, um, it's more about those moments, and you know, in between, at the at the truck, drinking a beer after the end of the day, um, mm-hmm. on the way, you know, super early in the morning. Um, I think that's the stuff that's more, you know, more interesting. There's a lot of good fish photography out there. So I mean, that's there, when you get to know your friends and, and know
2: people. Is all those in between times? Sure, the moment where you're holding a fish up, like that's that's the apex of you know a particular moment. But there's way more space in between than there is when you know than the highlight reel. you know what I
1: mean?
2: Yep. Yep, exactly. That's cool. Uh
1: Is your, uh, Justin is your, is your boy, is he into fishing, into fly fishing?
0: Not yet. Just because yeah. he's that age where anything that I think is cool is not cool to him. Except for Star Wars, you know, it's so always. I'm proud of that, but no, he likes, um, he'll sit down with me when I'm tying flies. And I actually yeah. had one of our fly tens that, um, just full of like crazy weird bugs that he and I tied together.
1: Um, exactly.
0: I should probably try
1: to fish if you have, but. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I always look at it. It's like he planted the, uh, the seeds, been planted, you know, there's no way that he'll ever, you know, even if he doesn't get into it now, I, I had a brother actually who was never got into fly fishing. I had three, you know, two brothers that were in it, but, um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, I have two kids too, and they're, they're a little bit younger and, um, you know, they're not fully into it yet, but I just, I kind of <laughs> feel like. Yeah, I feel like we do enough camping and stuff and, and fishing that eventually they, they probably will, will get a little more into it. But either way, it's all good. Um, so I want to touch on this, this uh, Montana. Can you talk about um, MFC, how that sure. connected? Because they're one of the big brands out there, one of the big names for sure. How did you guys connect with them and, and you know, have this product going?
2: Well, we were um, tying a lot of these flies ourselves for a while. Then we started u- using local tires, and we literally just could not keep them. On the shelf and available to the people that wanted to buy them, and I wound up doing a bunch of legwork, speaking with a lot of different companies, and invariably the conversations that I had with Jake Schutz over at MFC were—I don't—they were easy, you know. Like we yeah. had a good time dreaming together, and I pitched him on some pretty crazy ideas, and mm-hmm. he probably thought that we were back crazy but <laughs> thus far he has a hundred percent supported our process and has been a proponent of doing everything in his power to help us get to where we want to be and, and and that's something that we really appreciate but uh you know we're fortunate to have forged a, a quality relationship with those guys they're helping us um in in the ways that they can with fulfillment and taking the patterns that I tie and send to them. And then, you know, R and them and making sure that they're replicating them properly mm-hmm. and then, you know, providing us with high quality clones of the bugs that I tie. So, um, it's, it's been awesome and we're, we're real grateful for them.
1: Hmm. That's great. That's it. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, obviously we all know if you're, if you're in business, it's, you know, kind of the partnerships, the networking, and you guys have figured that out as well. I mean, bringing on a couple of new staff. I mean, do you guys feel like, with where you're headed into the next, you know, three, four, five years or so, that you're going to have to bring on, um, you know, more people? Or, or do you think you guys, you know, where you're at, you're going to be good to go? Well, we have a
2: staff member right now um, who handles all the order fulfillment and inventory management. His name's Steve. He does a great job. Um, you know, lately the speed at which we've been growing with our wholesale has been somewhat overwhelming, but, uh, he's been didn't he's been crushing staying on top of things. And, you know, the goal is, yeah, certainly I don't necessarily know how many folks that we'd like to have, um, yeah. part of the business, because that just means that we're probably growing bigger than we want to be. But, you know, we've kind of have a number in mind is, you know, where things would be comfortable and where we can enjoy doing this. And, you know create each day talk each day be together and and working on you know um curating this business that that we're all pretty psyched on nice
1: yeah this is this is uh it's it's cool to hear the story you know definitely uh where you guys have, you know, where you're at now. And I've talked to obviously a, a number of different people and different ends of the, of the industry. And, um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to watch you guys and see where you go. What What's uh, next? If you look out, say the next, uh, you know, six months or so, anything new, you know, you got coming, want to give a,
0: give a shout out to. Lots more flies, um, more opportunities for people to buy, um, fly selections that are put together for specific purposes. Um, we have a subscription model. So we have, it's called the quarterly fly tin. Um, and, uh, if you, if you subscribe to that, you know, you get, um, a fly tin once every three months, uh, with usually about 20 flies. Um, and at this point, um, most, if not all of those are coming from MFC, but typically two or three of those patterns will be something that, um, you can't get anywhere, you know, anywhere else. So they're, they're patterns that, um, that we've developed and, um, that's something that we're going to continue growing sort of different iterations of that model, um, uh, seasonal boxes and stuff for people. Um, and we have, you know, we, we have, uh, nothing but respect for, you know, the brands that we, um, that we've always supported, you know, um, Sims and Patagonia and everyone else out there. But, um, and, and, you know, we're, we're not, um, you know, we're not looking to get into the more technical side of the of the business, but we do have some some sort of semi technical apparel that we're working on that we're pretty excited about. Oh, cool,
1: yeah. The um, the quarter, so the quarterly ten, I think that's interesting because there's a couple of different companies out there. I'm not sure how many, but they have. I think it's more like the monthly fly box, right, or or something mm-hmm. like that. Why, why did you guys choose the quarterly? What why did that make sense for you versus say monthly or whatever else?
2: Monthly is a really fast cadence. And you know, I thought about and we thought about kind of the what a customer would prefer. And and getting something every single month, I bet you after like your third or fifth month, you're probably like, all right, I think I've got too much stuff now. Yeah, it's true. And you know, fish are still keying in on the same bugs, basically from one month to the next, and we just felt that we had the ability to create something that kept people engaged, kept their boxes fresh, and still gave them a great opportunity to get on the water and catch a bunch of fish. I mean, we often, as a practice, will take one of our quarterly fly tins ourselves and not use any of our other bugs and just simply fish out of that box for a day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not saying that we're pros, because we're definitely not but any person can pick up that box and have a killer day on the water, whether it's someone who's literally never been fly fishing before up to, you know, our friends that are guides that could definitely fish every single box in the, or every single bug in that box.
1: Yep. That's right. Yeah. And that, and that's part of the challenge, isn't it? I mean, when you guys choose what to put in there, does that based on, I mean, are you guys getting some help from the, uh, from MFC or other guides or you guys just, is that based mostly on you, on your, your stuff?
2: No, it's just, you know, understanding seasonal entomology and understanding bug life and what bugs are, you know, that fish key in on at certain times of the year. I mean, we've been fishing long enough that, um, we, we, we've learned a bunch, you know, like we still, every time we go to the water, we still turn over stones to figure out what bugs we're seeing the most of, you know, whether it's big stone flies to you know, put a big, you know, green machine pattern on, or some of our CDC stones that, um, you know, can we can use as a point fly followed by, you know, any sort of cad- caddis nymph or larva. And then, you know, likely a midge behind that. So yep. honestly, you know, our philosophy of the business is to keep things simple. And same thing with fishing and flies, like there's nothing revolutionary about the flies that we tie. Uh, Most of them are simple. And every time I speak with Chris Keller over MFC or Jake, you know, I'm always like, you know, we make simple stuff like don't laugh at us. But and they don't, of course, you know, yeah. Uh, And maybe I downplay the effectiveness of its of their simplicity. But these bugs work. I mean, our purple rain pattern, I've caught more fish on that one fly in the last five to six years than any other fly on my box.
1: What's the purple rain? What, what, what type of
2: bug is that? It's a variation of Lance Egan's rainbow warrior. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's a jig fly. We fish a lot of jigs We're you know, Lincoln's a nympher, where the rest of us aren't. We just love, um, using barbless flies and how they hook up with fish, mostly in the upper lip and mm-hmm. more importantly, how it, you know preserves the fish it's not ripping their lips apart you know there's not barbs in them to damage the fish and we feel you know passionate about protecting our resource and that includes the handling of, of fish so when you use a barbless fly um it, it definitely helps to prolong their lives and most of the time you know you get the fish to the net and by the time you're ready to take the hook out the yeah, hook falls it itself. exactly so yeah, yeah so if, you know, it's just a variation of Lance's original Rainbow Warrior with different color thread, different color dubbing, and on a different hook.
1: Yep, yep, that's it, that's it. Yeah, there's uh, and obviously the whole Euro nymphing game. I mean, a lot of those bugs don't necessarily look like anything specific. Um, you know, they're hot spots and things like that, which is great. So if we're right now, what is it? It's we're kind of mid February. So if I was gonna get a new uh, fly tin, you would basically order now, and you would get the next one in say like uh, March or April.
2: Yeah, we send them out every three months, every third month of the year. So March, June, September and December. Okay. Uh, people that are already on the subscription get their boxes sent out, you know, in the beginning of those months. Uh, we tend to open up um, the ability for new people to jump on, you know, and right now we just opened it up yesterday in, on February 10th. Where we release the spring box. So oh, cool. we've got newer folks signing up and those people will have their boxes shipped out within a week or two. And then uh, when people's subscriptions renew in March, then we'll send out the remainder of the boxes. Gotcha. Which, gotcha. Which I must point out, we hand pack every single one of those boxes just like we hand make every single pair of laces we sell. Yeah. So we, we do all the work ourselves and you know, have a good time doing it. Um Lately, you know, we spend a lot of time building product and Steve helps out with building product. And um, it, it's great to see that the demand increasing, uh, which also means that everything that Lincoln and Rob are doing is certainly helping in us expanding as a, as a young company.
1: That's cool. Do you guys ever, you know, since you're so personalized, do you ever do anything to mix it up a little bit, throw in like a, like a
0: note or a piece of chocolate or something there with the order just to keep. Yeah. There's a handwritten note with every single order, which has been something that people seem to really appreciate. Oh, right on. Um, We can, you know, we can easily look back and um, we can tell if it's someone's first order or seventh order. And so um, as people become, you know, that's ordered from us five or six or seven times, we can look back and see, Maybe like what stickers, um, or if they've ever gotten a pair of laces. You know, it's 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 pretty easy for us to toss in a couple extra things here and there to make sure people know we're paying attention, um, and, and appreciate their customers. So
1: yeah, I love that. I was just thinking, you know, in the the online space, uh, you know, in business wise, I mean, the the subscription model is like the holy grail, kind of right. You get these people on, but the, but the challenge is uh, the churn. Cause you are going to lose people over time, but do you guys find, is that part of the, the strategy to, to keep people on is just providing that custom customer, uh, custom service? I mean, attrition is part of any business,
2: right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what business you're involved in. New people are going to come, old people are going to go, but, um, we haven't seen a ton. You know, we've seen small amounts more due to someone's card expiring and their card not running than someone saying that, yeah you know, they have to cancel because they don't like what they're getting. You know, COVID has been a little bit different where some people have lost their jobs and they've had to pause their subscription because of that. And that's completely understandable. So we're here for them whenever, whenever they want to come back and um, maybe they've learned enough through, you know, when we send out a quarterly tin, we put together a thoughtful email that explains how to use the bugs and how to fish them as well as you know, Justin puts together a diagram that helps each person identify every single bug in the box. So we're providing the tools that Perfect. hopefully are, are grooming anglers to learn more about entomology and how to fish. And maybe they've just gotten to the point where they feel comfortable now maybe going into a fly shop and buying these things on their own, which is fantastic.
1: Okay, cool. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna let uh, let Jason and Justin take us out of here, you guys. So, uh, why don't each of you uh, uh, do your own, uh, take us out, or do you want to do it both at the same time? How
2: do you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. It's been uh, fun talking about our company. It's the first time we've we've been able to do so, and uh, we're real grateful for the opportunity to uh, to be interviewed by
0: you. So, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Much appreciated. And, uh, thanks for doing what you do.
1: So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links we cover, just go to wetflyswing.com slash two zero one. I gotta let that sink in a little bit. Two zero one. Uh, it's another milestone. We just passed 200 episodes and I, every time we get hit one of these big ones, it just makes me appreciate kind of where we've come from and, the fact that we haven't missed a week in uh, since 2017, since we started this thing. So, just want to let you know, you are the reason uh, why um, I was able to do this, and I'm still doing this. So, I want to thank you right now uh, for your support over the years. Whether you're a first timer right now or a longtime listener, uh, just want to say thanks. Um, I appreciate it also want to give you a heads up on a chance to uh, subscribe, especially if you're brand new, you haven't subscribed to this podcast. This is the best chance so if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the next, uh, you'll get updated when the next podcast is out. And right now, uh, I'm not quite sure uh, which one is coming up next. I know we've had a pretty busy spring, um, but yeah, click it and you can know. And if you don't want to listen, you don't have to, but it's the best way to keep up to date when we have these great episodes that are coming up here so um, thanks for doing that if you have a chance that's a wrap want to thank you again for stopping by today to uh, share some time uh, with me with us on this on this chat we've got another little thing going on here uh, there's a new app out there called clubhouse and it's kind of like in beta mode so it's not open to everybody right now but if you are familiar with uh, the clubhouse app check uh, check me out on there we're going to be doing some cool stuff potentially Um, well likely some live shows and things like that where you can ask questions uh, you know live on the air while we're going so uh, we're kind of stepping it up getting out of that comfort zone if you will um, and and doing some cool stuff so uh, definitely looking forward to catching up with you uh, hopefully soon and maybe see you uh, on the river or online
0: thanks for listening to the wet fly swing fly fishing show for notes and links from this episode visit wetflyswing.com